0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelly Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast, Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where, if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world, and welcome. It's Shelly Shearer here, and I hope you are having a fantastic day. So yesterday was a bit sad. I got to say, I took my son to the airport and said goodbye to him again for three months. Now, he's been home for two weeks after a three-month first trip since uh, the beginning of summer, and oh, you know what? It was tough. It was a tough summer not having him just around. Now, my son Ryan hates the sun. He hates the heat. It's quite hysterical. So he's actually going back to South Africa into the starting into their summer as we're going into our fall. It's probably the only thing he's a little bit bitter about, but um, other than that, uh even though he hates the summer, he's still here. You know, it's still, we live quite close together. Of course, we work together. And even if he's not loving the yard, he's over here with Adelaide on his weekends. And we're eating and we're visiting and we're enjoying the yards and we just love it. We absolutely love it. And he lives on my parents' 20 acres in the small home that I had there when I was a single mother years and years, 20 some odd years, 25 years ago. He lives in my old home. So he's sort of, both of us, our whole family, we're sort, we're very used to living an outdoor lifestyle. We're not condo people. It was one of the most amazing things I found when I went to Austria with my husband a number of years back. We went into Graz, the home of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and we loved it, by the way. We just loved Graz. We actually ended up taking the um, train over the mountains into Vienna, but not for long enough. It was just, oh, it was so unfortunate that we didn't get longer, but we were partly vacationing partly a work trip for my husband so we you know we just weren't as flexible as we would have normally been in our lives and we made do with what we had but we loved it but it's a small town and it's just amazing though you know their train system and their trolley system is amazing you can get everywhere by bus but everyone lives in small apartments and condos it's very much the european lifestyle unless your family owns property and i thought that was kind of interesting because it wasn't that they stayed in their condos everybody went out so, we go out in the afternoon, and as soon as work's over, everyone's on the street. they're in restaurants, they're in cafes. they're very social because that is how their culture works there. It's just very different. they're not living inside their homes, which we tend to do in North America because we have larger homes and if you're lucky to live in an area where I grew up in this area, got into the market before Vancouver became you know one of the top five cities on the planet, it is um it is getting like Vancouver here for Tokyo, New York, Sydney Australia. Hong Kong, these are cities that the average person will never afford to own a home in, won't afford to live in. These are incredibly expensive world cities. They're ports and... It's just the reality of life. We've been very bitter about it for about 10, 20 years, ever since uh, Expo 86 came and the Asians found us and started buying up our Vancouver land and soaring our housing prices. And it's not racist, guys. It's just a fact of life. That demographic brings huge uh, money into this province. And we are an international city like every other international city. But it's taken us a long time to adjust because even though Vancouver is this gorgeous kind of almost not realized, you know, 25 years ago, Port City, we weren't on completely the international radar. And those of us that lived here could afford to buy homes here and even move into the city as kids. When I say kids, young people, you know, I had an apartment in the city. uh, I had a town home. You could afford to buy those things, even if you couldn't always afford a house. Even that now is becoming for the wealthy, the inherited, the foreign investor. It just it just is, and so we are very fortunate at my age that we live in a neighborhood where we have property. Now, my son, who has just left, he is—it is was tough not having him all summer. He hates the the hot weather. It's quite funny. But that being said, he lives on 20 acres where my parents uh, live on a homestead, and he lives in a little home there that was mine when I was a young single mother. It's just a little modular home, and it's never left the property, of course. And he took it over. There's been renters in it for years, but he took it over a couple of years back. And then I, my husband and I, live on almost three quarters of an acre in a really open door neighborhood where you know there's one way in, one way out, and the kids kind of, dogs kind of run free in our neighborhood. So it's like almost living like in a compound. You get very used to that outdoor lifestyle. You get used to having space. You just do. And although he's not a huge summer fanatic, we missed him because he is used to being with us in our homes and on these properties and partaking in all those activities. So my parents have a pool, we have a hot tub, we have barbecue, uh, fire pits and barbecue pits. These are just things that kind of breed a social environment and I missed it. I missed having him here. So luckily we threw our big annual barbecue on the long weekend and he was here for that and it was lovely for him to reconnect with everybody. So it was a bit of a sad day yesterday and the thing that kind of got me thinking was change, just change that how it's it's coming so right now it's a change of seasons and I have to say I love it by five or six o'clock at night the air gets crisp and a little damp and so I throw off my board shorts and my whatever cotton shirt I've had on for the day because it's still warm during the day we're having this fabulous kind of we have a term for it here in North America called Indian summer and the September here right now our rain hasn't set in and it's just lovely but it's still mid September, so. Come dinner time, end of work day, the air gets that fallness to it. I personally love it. My girlfriend Leanne and I in the neighborhood, oh, we're like, oh, pull on the jeans, get on a hoodie. It's great. Throw, you know, There's nothing better than when May hits and you can get those shoes and socks off and you live in sandals. And then four months later, there's nothing better than getting those sandals off and putting soft socks back on in your sneakers and running around the neighborhood. It's great. So we love fall. It's my favorite season. I love the colors, the smell, the feel of it all, and uh, the fact that my bedroom's cool at night. So (laughs) loving it. Ryan, unfortunately, who hates the summer, is going straight into the South African summer. It was already getting quite warm when he left a few weeks back, and he's back there now. Now, his first endeavor, though, is to go through eight hours of sightseeing of Paris today. I'm very jealous. When I went to England a few years back, I wasn't with my husband. I was there on business with family his family actually and I ended up going to Scotland and I don't regret it I've always wanted to go I spent the day a couple days in Edinburgh at at a and I was in a hostel and I just saw it all and I loved it loved it and that wouldn't have been his favorite thing to do but I didn't want to see Paris without him so I haven't gotten to go but my son is there today so let's talk about change but first a little shout out because let me tell you In the podcasting world, it is great fun that we can check our statistics and see where our new listeners are coming from. So I'd like to welcome North Carolina. I still have no clue how you people all find us on iTunes. I just find it highly entertaining that you do. And I'm glad you're here with me on this journey of not living in regret. You know, I'm not going to say enlightenment. I'm not that enlightening. But I do want to encourage you to think outside the box. My job here on coulda, woulda, shoulda is to help you change your mind. If there's nothing else I could help what a person do in their life, if I just accomplish one thing, change your mind about something, change your mind about a limiting belief or something that is holding you back, something you've been you've inherited, you dragged with you from your childhood. I don't know, I don't care. Just change your mind, let it go. And my other uh, listeners on the you on the world front is the Philippines. So welcome. Now I have a lot of Filipino friends, I- including right here in my neighborhood. So it was kind of it was kind of fun seeing that on my on my statistics this week. And I I thank you and I welcome you. So yesterday, taking Ryan to the airport, uh, change came to mind, and I have to say. I'm on the fence a little bit about change. And, and I have a few friends that listen to this podcast on a regular basis that are giggling, probably shaking their heads going, she's joking, right? <laughs> I love change. My husband, everyone in my life knows that my husband lives in, um, what would we call, the furniture rearrangement of from uh, H-E double hockey sticks because you never know when you walk in the house and find the furniture all moved. I love change. I love stirring things up. I like making things look different. That being said, I still think it's because I'm a Gemini and I'm very left brain, right brain balanced. I also love stability and I'm a nester. So I'm one of those people, uh, I can make a home anywhere. And when I travel, I settle right into the hotel room. Like I could spend, excuse me an hour just getting unpacked and putting things away and setting up my room like it's my home the bathroom blah 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 my husband just laughs shakes his head and heads to the store he just goes I'll go pick up your yogurt and you know glass of wine bottle of wine or something he goes off and gets you know reinforcements as we like to call them they usually involve food and drink while I am nesting now what I hate is packing So, when it comes time to leave the vacation, I'm just depressed beyond words. Beyond just ending the vacation, I just hate packing. I hate it. In fact, when we had to move a year and a half ago, I think I spoke about this on a podcast once. I literally, it's like a phobia for me. I went into full on freak zone. I shut down. It is overwhelming for me. I have anxiety. I just look at the big mess and just can't see it all in boxes. And yet, for a living with my accounting I just look at people's financial mess and say just give it to me I will sort it and I love those sorts of projects and challenges but when it comes to packing up a house thank goodness I've got the most amazing girlfriends and friends on the and family on the planet because they literally have to get me through this crap and should things get worse with my health you know 10 years down the road we have to move again and I'm in my 60s I'm hiring people to do this nonsense now unpacking no, 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 no. Nobody unpacks. That's Shelly's job. epic I'll come and unpack your house. <laughs> I'm not the organizational queen that my girlfriend Tracy is. She literally, um, she's a freak. I love her. She's a freak. Uh, she is who you wish organized the world. I'm not kidding. She will have it labeled in bins and in the right place that you can find it at a moment's notice. She could organize the world. Now, she does have an HR degree. <laughs> she used to organize people. She can also organize your home. Um, that's not quite me, but I do love unpacking because I'm an Esther and I like setting up. I like setting it all up and going, okay, I'm gonna cook in this kitchen and I'm gonna entertain in this living room. It's just my thrill. I love it. So back to change. <laughs> so on again, one of my tangents, I was talking, I was interviewing a great friend the other day, and Todd goes, But I love your tangents. <laughs> you just zip off on them all the time. I'm like, he's right. He obviously was paying attention. I do. So back to change. Change is a good thing. In fact, change is a great thing. Now, change for change's sake, in a small scale, fill your boots. Like if you just like change and you need to change your hair color or, you know, change your type of jeans or you decide that tie doesn't go with that suit anymore, fill your boots. But change for the change of, uh, just for the change of it on a large scale can be very, very disruptive and it can be very damaging. So I guess the first thing I want to caution as I'm chatting about change is Change in some aspects needs to be for a reason. You need to have a goal, a purpose to it. If it's a large enough change, like I say, if you're, if you have that personality that just needs change, kind of like I'm, you know, a little OCD and I've got to fix that painting on the wall. If you need change just to stir things up, find healthy ways to do it. Like I did, rearrange your apartment, change all the furniture in your living room, uh, go through your closet and redo you know, what you wear together and just make it all different. Go buy yourself a new pair of shoes or two new tops and wear the same skirt and pants with it. Just change it up. But if you're one of those people that is very unsettled and you are changing because you are never settled or happy where you are, that needs to be addressed. And when I say addressed, I'm a big believer in awareness. Be aware that you are that way so you can stop yourself because lots of people... Lots of people, I see it all the time. They get into a situation where they're frustrated or not happy, and they make large sweeping changes. They go in and they they're making changes with their business, they're making changes with their finances, they're making changes in relationships, all things that perhaps shouldn't be happening, but their need, your need, if that's you, it may not be you, your need just to. To change and change something because you're just unhappy where you're at can be very damaging because you'll never be on a path, you'll always be on a segue. Now, I we joke about my my segueing and my little sidetracks on my podcast, it is definitely part of my personality, so that's why I'm kind of bringing it up. I tend to speak on that to which I have experience or I understand because. That way I can relate to you. I can relate to you the personal experience of, of what was happening in that, in that moment and why I made those decisions, why I would made those mistakes or why I had those successes, that sort of thing. So I have been known to do this. I get bored. I certainly did much, much more when I was younger and or something's just, I'm not happy with something in my life, maybe the relationship or a job, but I start making changes in every area and just, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater as the expression goes. Excuse me. So change is good. Change for change's sake. I think you need to think about that. And sometimes it's just healthy to sit down and ask yourself, you know how I always talk about the three, five steps back, going moving out. So it's one, three, five. Always take one step back from everything. I, oh, that's just basic for me. And I think it should be for most people, even impulsive people. And I am an impulsive person. Oh my goodness. Don't think that I'm one of those people that just thinks everything through a million miles an hour because I'm just simply not. Now, I like the facts. I have friends, you know, my husband will joke that I will be able to sell cars if I need to buy a new one because I go out and do all the research and I have the gift of knowledge. So that is sort of natural for me. It's not like I have to work at that. I have to know there's an an innate part of my personality that has to know whatever that might be about. So that gift of knowledge ensures that I go out. But there's lots of times that I make emotional knee jerk reactions. I get involved in businesses. I don't want to be involved in network marketing is a perfect example. Or I say yes to someone because I just don't want to hurt their feelings or I, do, or I commit to something that is really, it's not serving me, it's not growing my business and I, I don't even know why I get involved in, this, in some decisions, but I just do. <sighs> we made an investment once that was definitely emotional. Um, just these types of things. It, it could be anything. The, the choices are endless of what you can be rash about. Anyways, back to the point of the changes. I could be that impulsive person but I always take one step back. So I'm in the emotion, I'm in the moment, I step out of it. And I've actually gotten very good at that. By the time I hit 40, I was very good at this. I was still, there's occasionally once or twice a year, I make crazy decisions. But like when I joined Network Mark another networking marketing company two years ago, I was just stupid on my part. I was not prepared for that, but I was a little lost and unsure what I wanted to do. So, you know, whatever, there's excuses. I can make all the excuses on the planet. and be really clear that excuses and reasons are very different things. We'll have a podcast about that one of these days. But back to change. So I was looking for a change. I made a knee-jerk reaction. But for the most part, since I've been about 40, I'm able to step back. And I had to learn that because for 20 years, I was ruled by my emotions. Well, at least for 10. My 30s were definitely better. But my 20s were, and 15 to 25, emotional. uh, 25 to 35, finding my balance. By 35, I knew to take a step back, and take a peek now 10 years since then I've gotten very good at taking three steps back I've built two businesses built a house myself designed it and built it with a contractor but I designed it and I built it I took five steps back for every decision consequence of actions and it's a really good habit to get into the one three five rule depending on how big the decision is and how much time you have step take one step back and remove yourself from the emotional aspect of it or the drama or whatever, or even sometimes you might be too logical. You might be just literally analyzing something to death, to death, step back from it, okay? Three steps back is just a brilliant, emotionally stable place to live. Five steps back, that is for people that are having to make big decisions in business. And that's where I talk about building my house. Because for every decision that I made, I had to figure out the connecting consequences of if I chose this and not this, you know, the answer isn't just the first step. The re, you know, the reaction, the result, isn't just one step removed. It's always multiple steps back. For instance, here's a perfect example, and I apologize if I've used this example before. The new house that we purchased a year and a half ago The people that renovated this, although some things are amazing, some things are ridiculous, they did not think a lot of things through. And here's a perfect example. They put in hot water on demand for the entire house. This house is actually three full suites, we live in two of them in the basement that are joined together now. So we have two kitchens and ones we just we just took, the stove's been removed for, um, by the city before we even bought the house. So we just painted it, put our stand up freezer in there next to the fridge, and that is our bar. That's the entertaining area f- that leads out to the backyard. So I do have four bedrooms um, because of the two suites. I have two living rooms, but one living room is my dining room because these were, you know the, all these units are like 1,100 square feet. They're small. And my renter, of course, lives in the, in the unit upstairs, but they were all self-contained kitchens, laundry, living rooms. That being said, they put a hot water external demand system that services the entire 1, 3,000 3, square feet of this house, whatever it is. That is apparently one of the most energy efficient units there is for heating hot water. There's no holding tank that's using up electricity, blah, blah, blah however not for a second did they give it, give a thought of the fact that it's outside and quite a ways distance from one of the suites and the city in north delta was putting everybody on water meters so if you are thinking about conserving water this heating system is ridiculous whatever we're saving in heating bills We are paying triple in our water usage because I run two gallons of water down the drain every time the faucet goes on in order to get the hot water to click in. So at some point, really um, ergonomically and environmentally, I'm going to have to spend thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars in each of these units, bathrooms and kitchens, putting InstaHot under the sink so there's hot water on demand. So although they put hot water, what we call on demand for the whole house, it's It's for the whole house. It's not localized to the water source, like the kitchen, the bathroom, whatever. So it's using huge amounts of water before it generates the the system to kick on and then for it to run. So you're emptying the entire lines of the water plus hoping that your hot water spigot is turning on the hot water on demand. And then you have to empty the lines again to get the hot water to you. It's completely ridiculous. Something that if someone understood logic and was going three to five steps out they never would have put in a home like this especially in a place where there was multiple families living here and one of them was a rental suite it's it's just ridiculous the other thing they did of course is they put electric heat everywhere which i won't even go into that in a rental suite in a home uh that's in basement suite and a rental suite upstairs where you have no control and no separate meters so the renters can't pay their own heat so you get a renter in there that's just not watching and i had this last year not the renter i have now she's wonderful uh and the heating bills were through the roof so what you save in one hand, I'm paying out through the nose in another. So this home needs a huge uh, renovation in terms of its usage of water, heat, and utilities. Other things about the house are brilliant. The gardens, the yards, the, the fabulous back decks, the structural stuff, not bad at all. But the common sense stuff, the save money in the long term, none of that was considered. And that was fully considered in my old house. I stepped back from all of that. Mac, matter of fact, the biggest mistake I made in that house was I did an overkill on our hot water heating in-floor heating system. I put a Wiesmann system in, which um, a German company, brilliant system, best on the market, one of the best part of the market. But a little overkill for a personal home that size. It's it's usually used more industrial. But anyway, so I tended to overkill, uh, my husband and I, and this home didn't think two, two feet beyond the first decision. So the first decision was someone told them the hot water heating system was incredibly efficient. Great. They purchased it without considering the type of home that they live in. Everything's electric. We're on a water meter. It's three suites that are running this water all the time. And it's a long distance from the, uh, from the Insta hot to, to some of the bathrooms upstairs. It was just crazy. It was just a dumb decision. So Sorry, really got off on a tangent there. but that's my example of stepping back three three levels and no one just did. No no one thought about these things. Kind of the same deal with my front garden area. The whole yard is lit up beautifully. It's underground lighting that's all wired hardwired. Well, we've got a break in the line and Keith has to fix it and he's avoiding it like the plague one it's a huge job but because he knows if he fixes it, I'll have the lights on well these people again they were about saving money up front and didn't give a thought about saving money long term every light in this house had a high density um heated halogen in it it was burning the paint on the walls my husband spent i think a thousand dollars the first week we lived here swapping them all out for leds and things like that because the cost of running those lights is astronomical and my whole front garden is filled with spotlights that are all heated Like they're hot, which means they're the type, they're not LED and they cost a fortune to keep running. So, you know, it's always lovely to own something folks, but if you can't maintain it, if you're making decisions and the long-term cost is gonna break you, and when I say break you, it doesn't have to mean financially. Maybe you're making emotional decisions and the long-term cost is gonna break you. I don't care what that decision is. Think about it, take the three to five steps back and I'm not saying analyze it to death. I'm just saying take the step back and watch where the roads lead. It's sort of like, do you remember the Matrix? And they talked about, um, I think it's the Matrix I'm thinking. Actually, you know, a better example is Tron. Do you remember the movie Tron and the light show that shows up like the circuitry as, as, as things move? They're on those cool motorcycly things. And as they touch the ground, everything lights up behind them. Okay, so I kind of want you to turn around and look at that pathway as you're making your decisions, figure out as best you can. Remember, we can never make a perfect decision. Perfection is overrated. Let it go. But you need to understand what trail you're either leaving or what trail you're forging. So if you can step back and see the lit up in your mind, just imagine it and go, okay, where where would this decision lead me? A, B, or C? And that decision, if I got to A, would it lead to A, B, or C? If I got to B, would it lead? To and just give it a, you know, a quick once over. And you'll have much more, What's the word I'm looking for, you will feel calmer and more settled in your decisions if you just kind of got into that habit of taking a step back. Because change is a good thing. So I talked about change being, you know, for not doing it for change's sake, but change is a good thing. We get stuck in our ruts. I, I speak about this a lot. I know I do, but I think it bears repeating and I'll probably be repeating it for the next 20 years of my career. Limiting beliefs are just a rut of not changing your mind. They are something you have picked up in your childhood. You could have picked it up as early as three with an adult, your parents, someone, your grandparents, saying something to you that in your three-year-old mind you made a connection and that became a reality for you and you dragged it straight through into your adulthood. It could be a hurt or a trauma. It could be a financial loss it could be something somebody told you. You could be, I always joke when people take advice from other people that aren't in their line of work. Now, objective opinions are wonderful, but I can't even remember if I did ended up podcasting on this or not, but I heard a great saying a few weeks back, uh, don't take advice from people that you wouldn't trade places with. So if their life doesn't look like the life you want to be living, don't take their advice because they're obviously not following it, plus they're not successful. So, I don't mind. I like network marketing. I don't want to do it any longer. I enjoyed it while I did it and I enjoyed the camaraderie. I, I love the products. I still use my products today and I buy from a lot of network marketing companies and I endorse them. But Building another network marketing business just isn't in the cards for me right now. I prefer the traditional and I prefer coaching. That being said, so many people get into network marketing, and then they start talking to their neighbors that are all have T4 incomes and have never thought outside the box for 10 seconds. Their uncle that's on the couch and is a union worker and is hoping that his pension uh, um, pension's going to survive, you know, help him survive his life. They have no clue about building a business, being an entrepreneur, or thinking outside the box, and yet we run around asking advice from the people that are not even living a life that we want to be living don't do that you're just looking for security and you're looking to hear what you think you might want to hear because you're scared don't go there it's no different than even starting this traditional business go do the research decide what you love and then get the professionals in place to make it happen and be successful but if you're going to open a store And you've got a great location, a great product, a great idea, and the demographic seems to support it. And you are networking, getting business advice and everything from someone that say, oh, it's still in school. I know I'm being, I'm being incredibly sarcastic here, or is retired and has never done anything but a T4 job their entire life, or talking to people that have no clue what it is to dream. How did you think you were going to get the advice you need and the support you need to be successful? Feel your life and mind with that to which you need because change can be very, very good and I highly endorse it. But change needs to be, sometimes needs to be planned. Not always, but it needs to be planned and it needs to have a reason. So running around knee jerking, that's not change. That's just reacting to your emotional immaturity that you haven't dealt with. Sorry, I'm blunt, just the way it is. But when you do need change or when it's time to change and you are sitting on your hands because you're too scared to change, that's when you need to start getting a network of people that are entrepreneurs or dreamers like you are doesn't you know whatever it is in your life finding like my maybe you want to take the vacation of a lifetime maybe you've been saving all your dimes and you have ten fifteen thousand dollars put away and you want to go away for a month somewhere and you've got this dream vacation then go find people that do that i have this fabulous lady in my net in my podcasting group that does dive exhibitions uh exhibition sorry excursions all over the globe she's amazing she's just been in Bali and now she's in the Philippines somewhere else and um she's she's just amazing well if I was I've always wanted to get my patty now it's on the bucket list I will get that done soon in the next few years on one of our vacations but I would definitely go hang with her I would go see her. I would get in one of her Facebook groups. I would get immersed myself in the diving culture because that's what I'm going to spend a lot of money, a lot of time. If it's travel, do the same. So whatever it is that your dream is about, then go find people that are like-minded and get immersed in that so you've got the support, the expertise. You're never going to think of everything to make the changes that you want to make. That's that's what I'm saying. So I think I've nattered on enough about that subject today. <laughs> Change is good. Embrace change, but make sure it's for the right reasons. But like I say, if you are stuck in limiting beliefs and change for you is scary because something is waiting for you, the universe is waiting to give you something amazing and you're sitting on your thumbs going, no, 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 no. It's nice and safe here. Well, you know what? That's, that's a scary place to be, I think. That's being, being in a place where you shouldn't be because you're scared. It's, you got to move forward. So change is good but not for just the sake of change not because you're dealing with other emotional issues. So just consider that always take a step back, take a step back and ask yourself why. Have a great day everyone and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today and if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you'd like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.